Welcome back to another episode of What You Spinning. This is episode 63, Cooking in the Books, the Unintentional Revisit episode. Uh, big fans of that. We love it. Super stoked to revisit some great artists, uh, hear some different albums from them. I'm super stoked for that. We're remote again because uh, it's uh, frozen. It's... <laughs> froze over on my side of town y'all are covered in snow how are y'all doing yeah good i'm hunkered down i walked outside for a little bit a lot of a lot of ice it's not really it's like compacted snow like really icy so definitely not going out definitely not moving not in my old shitty grandma car so (laughs) stay indoors yeah i didn't expect to wake up to the snow but it's a nice Surprise. I'm glad I have everything stocked up, like you guys are saying. Got the THC, got the food, got the caffeine. We're good. And a warm place to call home. So yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, it didn't snow on my side of town. And I was telling Matt this earlier, Jake, uh, this morning at six, I went to like go see what the neighborhood looked like. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll light a joint. My car was com- is still completely frozen over, and so like on the side view mirror, I just like put the joint out. I was like, all right, I'll go back inside. I go back an hour later to check, and there's like another half inch already frozen on top of my car. My ashes from my joint were like perma sealed. It was like a caveman. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's nuts. I'm glad I bared the grocery stores yesterday and got all the stuff I needed because fuck going out today, man. Yeah. Well, any uh, anything we want to talk about before we dive into today's albums? Um, I don't think so. I'm excited about um, our picks this week. And I just mm-hmm. realized you're wearing a floater beanie. I don't know why I didn't see that before, but anyways. From when we went, I got this when we saw him do uh, Animals and Altar. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, we I think we all picked good albums. It's kind of cool to revisit artists we've already talked about on the podcast. Um, shows our love for that artist. Um, and it shows how unique each album that we talk about from that artist is. So mm-hmm. let's do it again. Let's do it all again. Hell yeah. Well, um, one quick thing, just in case, or no, I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll bring it up yeah, organically later in the episode. All right. <laughs> save it. I like Matt's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right. right. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Why I oughta? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Well, with that being said, it's what you spin in episode 63. Here we go. Uh, starting off today, uh, I'm bringing to the table, uh, revisiting an artist that we first brought up. It was a Matt pick from episode 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going back in time from that album about three years to 1995 with uh, Floater's second album, Glyph. Uh, released in 1995, like I said. Fucking fantastic. Uh, the first album that I heard, first full album I heard from them, so I am absolutely in love with it. Uh, I could go on and on and on, but I will digress for now. <laughs> I think I, uh, after, after Angels, that was a good pick. Uh, Glyph is a good pick, but Jake, what do you think? I feel like this is a 
this is a good album for for any floater fan to get their head around yeah definitely it made me appreciate floater a lot more like listening to angels and then i listened to alter before the show so i was like okay i got kind of two sides of them for their albums but going back to this um man dude it made me so much more of a floater fan uh, like a floater fan and appreciate it a lot more um and i feel like if i would have listened to this when like they made it and when it was like popular locally like i feel like everyone would have been talking about it and everyone would have been raving and i would have been so much more of a like metal fan and like a rock fan because this this i feel like would have shaped anyone that heard it uh growing up in eugene you could relate to it because it's local uh and something that you know you're seeing in your city so yeah really good um i was listening to it like a little bit today this morning uh we kind of thought it was like dad rock <laughs> that it sounded at some point which is like a funny way to, to put it but it it rules dude it fucking rules it's really good everything about it um i really liked like at first when we were talking about it dorian like a week ago that we that we hung out you're like so what do you think about glyph i was like it's really good like i really like cinema like that was the first song that i uh like wrap my head around and then i listened to the rest of the album and i was like okay this is in my top three no wait there's one more in my top three no there's one more so it like just kept going like the songs that i would like more and more so uh yeah dude really good really really good we love to hear it <laughs> yes we like yeah. that shit <laughs> this album for me was also kind of my introduction to floater besides sync um the two songs on this album that were immediately like I would like drew me in right away, Cinema and Danny Boy. And I remember being in high school and me and my buddies would just play those two songs and just kind of rock out. We didn't really explore the album at all until later on in that year. Um, and I was always kind of anti-floater for a while because when I was in high school, it was very much like too short and hip hop. And it took me a while because everybody liked floater that I knew. And I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to like them just because you guys like them. You know, and mm. their name's Floater, so that sounds kind of weird. And so it took me a while to like actually listen to Floater, and these two songs are the first ones that I heard from this band. Um, and that's when I became a fan, and I was regretting, like, why did I wait so long? Like, what the hell was my problem? Um, but this album brings back so many mem memories for me uh, from high school, growing up, driving around Eugene, because there's not a lot to do when you're in high school in this town, um, getting stoned, doing drugs, and being stupid and getting into trouble. Um, and Floater was our staple. We'd always have Floater. Everybody knew Floater. Everybody was playing Floater. And even if you didn't like the band, you knew of the band. Um, and I think that's what's so cool about this band. Even if you're not a fan, you know who Floater is for the most part if you've grown up in Eugene most of your life. Um, so this band has a soft spot deep in my heart, for sure. Um, we always love the Floater show when we go. When you guys went with me, that was so much fun visually. They put on a great show. Um, I remember seeing them. Uh, I didn't see them live until maybe a few years after this album came out, but visually back in the day, back in the late 90s, I remember their uh, their stage shows were a little bit more elaborate, and I remember seeing things I'd never seen on screen before. Um, so cheers to Floater for always pushing new things and sharing new ideas and op opening my eyes to cinema, not like the song, but like movie in general, movies in general I'd never seen. Um, I always loved that about Floater, whether it be movie samples they used on this album specifically or sync. Anyways, I could go on about Floater for the for a long time. What do you say? What do you say? What do you got, Dorian? 
<laughs> no, nah, man. I mean, it's it's glyph, and like you said, uh, cinema and Danny Boy uh, to to a young impressionable twelve year old such as myself when I stumbled upon this, uh, those are huge. Uh, you know, just like the aggression in them, and then the catchiness, and yet you know aggression behind Danny Boy uh, are it, it's unparalleled and you know i was that was right when i was starting to really get into music and you know playing music and so i found shout out to like this one guy who is a huge floater fan and has a really good ear for music because he's tabbed out like seven of their songs and so when i was like 12 13 years old i learned cinema and danny boy on guitar at the time this week i've picked up the bass and have been trying to find every glyph tab i can fucking find at this point i was playing all the stories but one before we hopped in here um so just from like a musician standpoint i fucking love this album <clears throat> and every time i give it a full listen to uh like i did 18 times in the past two weeks i find something different about it or i fall in love with something different about it you know it's it's very much it's an album that's like been with me since i first heard it and it's grown kind of my appreciation for it has kind of grown and evolved in various ways throughout the years uh so i'm very excited that we got to talk uh, that we're getting to talk about it um and i mean even outside of the two biggest songs you know those are staples at every floater show we've got clean plastic baby which you know lately hasn't been played a whole lot but i've gotten the chance to see that live and that song rules <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my favorite, favorite tracks on an album for sure is that song and any live version that they play of that song even danny boy it's just always different unique improv oh man love that track oh yeah i can't remember if i mentioned it when we first talked about floater but i got throat chop i got like chopped in the throat in the mosh pit during clean plastic baby I got dog piled on because, like, people fell into me. You know, I'm, like, 17 years old. Got yeah, you didn't tell chopped. us this story. Yeah, no, I got throat chopped by a Cuban dude in a Hawaiian shirt in the middle of Clean Plastic Baby. That was fucking sick. He caught me in the trachea and everything. I was like, Bleh! And then, like, toward the end of it, uh, a group of people, like, fell on top of me because, uh, like, I lost my balance. And there was a wave of people, you know. You know how it goes. And as I was, like, standing up, people just kept, like, falling on my back. And so I had to, like, Hulk rage out and, like, like get off <laughs> me. Like, try and get out of there because I was fucking dying. Uh, it was hilarious. Love love a good floater show. And I'm really hoping because we saw them do the altar 20-year anniversary. Crossing fingers that they do something similar for this because, you know, a year from now, it'll be 2025. That would be fucking sick if they did a, you know, a 30 year <laughs> anniversary for this which which is nuts that this album's about to be 30 yeah um yeah but yeah all the stories but one great track i mean i could really just dive into any of them but <laughs> i like the diverse, diverse album for them too i feel like it's from starting off with the knowing dirge and like all the other tracks that like lead into all the stories but one and then kind of into you know isolation it, it goes from like happy to sad a little bit um but it's always so like aggressive and in your face and it's it's just a true floater sound so, anyways continue jake sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no no, no you're good I, I like also it was interesting um that yeah it has the same feel that you said like it's some some more aggressive some slower um is it bottle that it has mm -hmm. kind of like uh like a country folk feel to it and yeah. it's 
it's not the singer. It's it's not like the main guy. It's the other guy singing, right? It's the drummer. Yeah, it's the yeah. drummer singing. That threw me off. I was like, whoa, okay, like this is a different side of Floater, and it it threw me off at first. But I that one also been growing on me. Um, I when I was listening to this cinema, that one first caught my my ear. It kind of to me sounds like at a certain point like Surge from System, like a little bit. So I was like, huh, like that's that's kind of the similarity that I got. But yeah, like all the stories but one. That song is wow. That song is crazy. Um, it kind of at that point on that song, certain points it kind of sounds like like Metallica, because like just for the song length and like the structure, like it has ups and downs and it kind of switches and has a bunch of different sides of it. Um, the transitions, it has a solo with like a funky bass line in the background that it's subtle, but if you like hear it, you can hear the little, you know, the bends and stuff. So it's really good. Um, yeah, isolation, the face of order. Like more and more that I listen to new stuff from Floater, that is really just old stuff. Like more and more <laughs> that I listen you. to it. Yeah, it, it like it makes me more so much more of a fan. So I'm like, damn, like I wish I would have, you know, gotten into this a lot sooner. But dude, really good. Like, thank you for bringing this up. I love revisiting an artist because we see either a different side or we just appreciate more of what they have so right really good yeah um there's i have i have something i live bear with me here this is this is gonna have to start being a segment at some point dorian's wild hair music theories uh i think rob wynea just for like i don't know let's say a year just every night got stoned out of his mind and listened to frizzle fry for like a year when he was writing this album if you sit here and listen to it, like listen to the bass parts, it's just oozing with like Frizzle Fry influence. Like there's just Les Claypool is all over this as far as influence. It might be a long shot, but there's like he's like doing chords on bass at one point. He's doing like the Claypool strumming and, you know, the pop slaps on uh, all the stories but one. And then also being, you know, like uh he uses a lot of effects throughout this album, and I'm like, dude, he had to just sit there and just jack off to Frizzle Fry for like a year straight, like because it's just it makes the most sense. But it's badass, you know how it ends up working out. Uh, so you know, he's I love that. Good, I, he's such a good bass player. I feel like mm-hmm. you know anything he does, every song that he, you you always hear that bass, and you're like, is that no? That's the bass. You think it's the guitar, but it's not. And this band is the only other comparison to like Rush, where every musician is incredible. You know, guitar mm-hmm. player, bass, drummer, they're all unique. And Floater is an example of that. Dave Amador was a great guitar player. Peter Panette, when he was alive, was a great drummer. And then Rob's an amazing bass player. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have those many gifted musicians together making one sound is so fun. Um, and you don't see it very often. Um, and to have it be so local, I love it. I love Floater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the way that they just to go back you know uh the same show where i got uh trampled during clean plastic baby they opened the show with cinema and we were like nice. in between the acts and so me and a couple of buddies from upriver were like kind of meandering and we didn't realize that floater like they had turned the house lights down and like floater was on stage and we just heard this opening like boom like bass like just open note 
And dude, I was at the back, like where they sell T-shirts at the McDonald Theater, and I felt that shit in my esophagus. I was like, <laughs> it, it shook me, like literally, physically shook me. I was like, oh fuck! And then immediately, like I just sweat my ass off for an hour and a half, running around and beating people up to floater. Phenomenal night. Um, and then, yeah, man, I don't know, just the face of order. I mean, come on now. Uh, persecutor like the again the movie sample matt i think this might be our most quoted like album lyrically probably other than the wall when we work together (laughs) like just us like why are you persecuting me (laughs) why are you against me (laughs) all the time it's it's so good and it really is just like uh i think when you when you live in the area and you've grown up listening to floater it's like it just feels so home. It feels so much like home. Like this album's gotten me through a lot of fucking hard times in my life because it's like, ah, it's familiar. It's like, you know, to to use the the, the phrase, it's like biscuits and gravy, you know? It's just, it's fucking glyph, man. You know what you're going to get. It's going to be great. You just listen to it, feel your feels, kick some ass, whatever. It's just, I'd, yeah, one of my top favorite albums. It's the reason why Floater's been in my top five on Spotify the past two years is because of this album. So, yes. Alone, so. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Top threes? Let's rock it. Let's rock it. Or any final statements about old, old Floater boys? Just going back to the movie samples and the way they use them. I mean, I feel like a lot of bands throughout the years have done that. Uh, ministry being like a lead example being the front runners for that but other bands do it and they don't do it very well so i feel like floater's always been subtle about it and they don't do it on every song um, but this album in particular there's just so many good movies that they reference whether it's one two over the cuckoo's nest with crawl into you um, or the last temptation of jesus christ on persecutor um, there's just so many good movies in there that they just reference and that's how I found out about these movies was from this album and I went and watched them I was like oh wow this is a decent movie <laughs> you're like fuck so, yeah man <laughs> shout out to Flutter yeah well and, and cool. it kind of to I mean just to surmise it again the way that they they know what they're doing like they're true showmen at the same time uh, like when we saw them for the dog or I keep wanting to call it dogs the animals and altar show they flipped around like what movie samples came before which song off of the album you know like i think they threw in at the very beginning which isn't how the album starts out or some there was some stuff like that that they did and i was like man they they know what the fuck they're doing so shout out floater indeed i'll kick us off for top threes honorable mention have to do it sad ballad of danny boy i mean come on uh another honorable mention uh the face of order and then three, two, one, the knowing dirge, uh, that vocal effect with like the warbly vocal on that song, insane. Uh, number two, clean plastic baby, and number one, all the stories but one, fantastic fucking song. That is my top three. Very nice. I'll go next. Uh, honorable mention, crawling to you, just because of the slow progression to end the album. Such a great album. Uh, and then three, two, one, all the stories but one. Persecutor, and then my top track, Clean Plastic Baby. Yeah. Nice. Fuck you. Honorable mention, I'm going Cinema. Uh, First one that really caught my my eye when I was listening to it. Top three, I'm going Isolation, uh, The Face of Order, uh, and then All the Stories But One. 
fucking killer killer track. I wish they pressed this on vinyl, dude. I would want mm-hmm. this so bad. He's so good. Yeah, there's someone didn't someone pop up? There's a like a Facebook group for floater fans and some girl in there who has to be on her their merch team or something because she's like teased merch before. She's like, who would be interested in us pressing their catalog? And Matt and I, I think I left like three yeah. comments. I was like, please, for the love of Christ, like fucking yeah. press their stuff. I was like, I'll pay a hundred bucks for Glyph yesterday. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, no you tell me there's 500 copies of Glyph yeah. getting pressed again? Holy shit. Yeah, like, I don't care yeah. which floater album you press. Just give me one. Yeah. yeah. One. Exactly. It, it, um, it's, it's like kind of like Eugene's like little, like Oregon's little niche, like artists like you have to know about it like there isn't anything pressing they don't have that much listening you kind of have to be in the know to know it feels like well and it's the thing i think i definitely think this was mentioned last time it's like i'm upset that more people don't know about them but i'm simultaneously so grateful that more people don't so Mm -hmm. that way we get badass shit like you know them doing just a concert of themselves doing two full albums you know and then Mm-hmm. selling out the crystal ballroom every fucking time they play it you know and still coming to cool venues you know like the mcdonald you know i don't think like i don't think they'll ever graduate from playing the mcdonald which is amazing to me you know <laughs> like it's just thank god you know and then they're not like touring the country so if they're playing it's gonna be in driving distance it's gonna be in eugene or portland or Bend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah it's gonna be in one of three places you get yourself a floater show uh with that being said please if anybody fucking hears this Put it in their ears to do a 30-year anniversary show for Glyph. That would be nuts next year. Um, I might, I might have to figure out a way. I might be like, "Yo, please start a God. start a movement, man." Yeah, yeah. Good. I'll I'll post this episode the, every time I mention it. I'll be like, "Please look at this." Um, but hell yeah, that was 1995's Glyph by Floater. Uh, our local hometown heroes from Eugene. Uh, shout out to him. That was my pick for this week. We'll be right back to continue on with what you spin in episode 63 by talking about Jake's. We'll be right back. All right, it's time to move it along here on what you're spinning. It's time to kick it over to my main man, Jake, uh, who's going to take us a little bit out of the 90s and uh, let us know what he's got cooking for this episode. What you got? Yeah, so it's 2020 Melody Symphony Fragments. Uh, 2020, it's um, like instrumental beat hop i don't know like beats it's like that's how i would describe it um yeah i brought the i brought melody symphony up back on episode 38 39 i want to say um yeah just another 39 39, thank you just another introduction to him you know we i know uh we talked about that album um but this one i like um Another really great one, just something you can have in the background, you know, in the little party, making food, what have you. Um, yeah, what what are you guys' takeaways from it? Bleh. 
I'll go. Uh, uh, I was muted. It wasn't. It wasn't cooperating. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, dude, Melody, Melody Symphony. I loved a journey to you. That was the name of the last one, right? A journey to you. Yes. I liked. I liked that one a lot. This one, I loved even more, which is fucking awesome. Uh, it is, you know, just the perfect. You can just throw it on in the background of almost any scenario. You know, I spent like Wednesday, I want to say I made pupusas, which is kind of an undertaking. Uh, and so I just had this playing or I've been doing the making the playlist of all the albums. So that way it's easy for me. And this one was the first one I added to the playlist. And I had to just rewind like i almost just played every song again as soon as it was done because i was like damn this is like actually perfect for you know cooking and stuff and i have been doing a lot of that recently and uh if i'm not doing podcasts i've been playing you know more music out loud and this one was very much a feature uh in the house this week uh so thank you for bringing it up it is very instrumental vibey fucking great for any occasion i don't know the the words that you could use to describe this goes on and on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think I shared uh, Dorian's like as far as this album. I think Fragments, uh, I enjoyed this one a lot more. Um, and I couldn't really pinpoint the genre at sometimes. I was like, oh, this is an indie album. I'm like, no, this is like acid, jazz, hip hop, whatever the fuck that means. Um, and there's so many different aspects of all those things in there. Um, and so I think that's what I like about him as a performer. Um, very cool. A lot of the songs uh, set the tone. Spirit kind of set the tone for that album in general. Um, and I think that's the overall feel when you listen to this album. And it's fun. It's like Dorian said, you can put it in the background when you're cooking or just driving anything. It's mellow. Anybody can listen to it and I think be a fan. It's not It's not going to piss anybody off. It's great music. Uh, if you don't like this music, then I don't think you like music in general. It's just it's very accessible for me. Right. It's kind of... it's. It's kind of funny to say, but you bring up that's like a very good point is like this is as about as accessible as music gets. You know what I mean? Because there, it's not complicated in a way. You know what I mean? It's ta- mm-hmm. like he's fucking talented. I'm not trying to discredit him at all. But when you cut it down to brass tacks, like there's not a lot going on. Like it's just the way that it's produced and layered and everything really fills it out. You know, it takes these very uh small pieces of you know song there's like a three note riff that will turn into a four minute song and it's like jesus christ dude like uh, mind you that's like what music is is basing something around something but to have it be that minimalistic when you break it all down and have it work this well it it is you know i feel like i could play this for my seven-year-old grandmother and she'd find something to like about it i could play it for (laughs) my metalhead dad you know like there's it's kind of which is fucking awesome man like and again i think i said this when we first brought when we first brought up melody was i had seen the name so many times and was like what the fuck and like this album cover i remember specifically seeing and i was like what on god's green fucking earth is that like (laughs) i assumed it was like some young lean type of thing and i was like oh that would probably be right up my alley come to find out it is for a completely different reason uh so <laughs> shout out uh and i mean fuck if we're gonna revisit an artist let's keep revisiting this one i love i love this stuff the yeah just everything that can that they that he's able to do 
Yeah, I think for on a production standpoint, it's really unique because, uh, like, for a producer, for a producer's mind, uh, being in their shoes, like, you kind of want to have the same feel for, like, the album, but it's also blends in a bunch of different genres. Like, you know, it blends in jazz, it blends in hip-hop, uh, it blends in some soul, it blends in some funk, you know, also some, like... Um, there's like bongo drums in it there is a lot of like indie on it so yeah it's kind of everything and on a producer standpoint he blends it all really well and it all flows very evenly too Um, like throughout the whole album you know we see also familiar faces on a journey to you like june's he's also all over this album with uh, his lyrics his his vocals Um, there's the bass that's outlined in almost all the tracks uh, bongo drums on what a day so yeah it's it's unique and i like that he as a producer always does that kind of ties together because you're kind of like as a producer you're like uh you know like what's that person the dude the orchestrator you know you're like making sure everything's in line making sure everything's right and i mean you you hear that with this album it, it has highs and lows ups and downs and it all flows really really well so um, yeah, the cover too is really cool. It's kind of what drew, drew me to it initially because, like, you know, it just looks like photoshopped, like this little baby, like holding a little beam of light, um, and like the disc. It's cool too when you put it on the turntable and it's spinning around. It's just a picture of the baby, so it's just like spinning around constantly in the center. So it's pretty cool. Dude, um, next time, next time we're at your place, I want to see that shit. That sounds yeah, awesome. it's pretty cool. We we um. We were playing it last time when we were just, like, building a Lego set. Um, Hell yeah. And it's like, you know, just throw it in the background. You could still talk over it. You could still do whatever. You can cook. You can clean. Like, it's, it's like, music for any setting. And, yeah, like Matt said, if you don't like this, like, you don't, you know, it's like music and it draws from everything. So it's it's real, real accessible to anyone to listen to it. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see how his live setup is too. Like if he's got a band with him, I'm sure he does to recreate that sound. Be kind of a cool concert to go to. Yeah, that would be really cool. I'd hope so because, yeah, as like everything that he does, all his other stuff, um, his he has an EP um, that I really like. It has a funky name on it, but I own that one too. And he's made newer stuff. I think he just came out with the album last year uh 2023 that i listened to a little bit of but um yeah he's constantly making music so um i'll definitely if if i if i hear it and i end up purchasing it i'll i'll revisit it again for sure hell yeah hell yeah we love that and it's to go back to kind of the the drawing from all sorts of places i have a note here uh the song fun had a very like karangbin feel almost to it yeah and then uh on dizzy reality it's got like some cool pop slap bass so and it sounds almost like elevator music kind of and then there's other stuff on here that i'm like i i'm like sitting in my head i'm like dude if i could write i would be writing bars over this shit you know like it's just yeah and it it almost it also made me i was sitting there i was like man it would be really cool i was like this seems like 
and this i don't know it made me just start thinking and like want to start writing music and stuff because i've been playing the fuck out of bass lately and so i'm like leaning into that a lot more and this album kind of like honestly inspired me a little bit i was sitting there i was like you know i was like damn i was like you know what let's try fucking writing music again dude like we haven't tried that in a decade like let's just go back to that and uh yeah i can honestly like point to this album like hearing this over the past two weeks being like yeah that listening to this was so good it made me fucking it inspired me to like start creating music so fucking shout out man. Oh. this stuff rules <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome that's really cool that's really really cool I, when i when i first discovered it this album i i felt like i just had to tell it to everyone so like i tell, told my friends i'd be like hey listen to this i would play this at the branch when I, we were so well working together um so yeah definitely really great um and if, if you like kind of like underground not too popular producers or something just to listen to that's new i mean definitely definitely give it a listen um but uh yeah i can go in a top three if if we ready for it yeah for sure so um honorable mention um i'm gonna go with uh oh jeez i'm gonna go with what a day um because i i like that guitar funkiness uh and then the bongo drums are bongoing um so it's really good uh (laughs) them things are banging them things are banging uh top three i'm gonna go wonderful um, cause I love that little guitar solo that there is on it. Um, there's a thing on here for him. Um, Raphael Steigerer, whoever that is, shout out to ya. Um, he kills it on the guitar on that. Um, number two, I'm going with Spirit. Um, cause yeah, I love that song. I love the flow of it. Uh, and then my favorite song, it's um, Feelings. I love Feelings. I swap that out with Fun. I swap that out a lot with Loner. Like, it, yeah, I've listened to this album so many times. I have so much appreciation for it. But, uh, yeah, that's my list. Those are good picks. Hell yeah, brother. I I do like those. Uh, honorable mentions for me, Mind Trip. Uh perfect title for that song if you ask me uh just it is a mind trip uh another honorable mention fun mentioned that one earlier reminded me of some good old kurong bin which you know we love around here number three for me the opening track unity uh fucking strongest way they could like that he could have started this off like uh i don't think any other song in that position does as well uh, so I go Unity. Number two was Seeking You, and number one was Dizzy Reality. That bass line, just fuck, man. <laughs> I'm really gonna try. I can't find bass tabs for it, so I'm gonna really sit there and try and figure out what the fuck he's doing on that bass because it's sexy and I want to play it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds sick. It is. Supposed <laughs> I like can't boom. find anything. Yeah. Yeah. The little bang. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. fuck, man. I know how fun that would be to play too. I'm like that bastard. <laughs> I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> But those are my those are my top three. Nice. Uh, honorable mention for me was fun. I think we all like that song. And for me, I, I felt like almost I wasn't sure if it was the same album when that song originally came on and I was listening to it. I thought I changed artists. And I was like, oh wow, I didn't. And so that made me appreciate this artist more. Um, so honorable mention would be that and what a day. 
and then 321, uh, Seeking You, Loner, and then Feelings was my top track as well. Good yeah. pick. I love that. I wanna I wanted to note this too, because like the album, there isn't really a lot of information I was trying to find. There's no like Wikipedia page or anything. He has a band camp that I read a little bit about this, but on the album itself, the back, there's like a note from him. Uh, it says, I'm thankful to be here and to be surrounded by a loving family, loyal friends, and of course, my privilege to create music. May the melodies touch and accompany you. I want peace, love, and unity. Blessings. I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. That's Shout sweet. out, man. I love that. Nice. Fuck yeah. Well, hell yeah, Jake. Great album. That album that we just finished talking about was Melody Symphony's Fragments, released in 2020? Yep. Released in 2020. Uh, great album. Go visit it. Great artist in general. Uh, go visit episode 39. Go also visit episode 19 uh, if you want to hear us talk about uh, Floater uh, for the first time. And then also, obviously, like we just said, episode 39. Uh, to hear us talk about A Journey to You by Melody Symphony. Uh, but thanks for bringing that up. We will be right back to wrap up episode 63. It's what you spin it. Okay, let's try this one more time, boyos. I'm so sorry about all that. Um, the fucking ice miser, whatever it was, the cold miser <laughs> from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer's out there. Yeah. He's out there waiting. Jack Frost, the snowman one. Miser. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and take it back. To the 90s once again uh for the second time today and revisit you know again revisit another great artist uh one that we've covered twice before on this on this show uh this is matt's pick for this week uh it's he's covered them the other two times or brought them up the other two times so seems fitting to have him introduce this album which is it's gonna be uh fugazi and on the heel taker from 1993 uh, I brought this album, or I brought not this album, but I brought an album up by them on my first episode with you guys, which was episode 11, and then episode 20 as well. So definitely fans of this artist. This album for me, one of my favorites, um, has a lot of memories for me growing up, kind of my introduction to this band. This is their third album. Um, and like we've said before, it's it's Fugazi. It's, it's what they sound like and what they do together well as musicians is unique. Nobody sounds like Fugazi. I've explained that to people before, and once they hear them, they're like, yep, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, for me, Fugazi's always been a part of my life, and I love introducing this band to other people that haven't heard them or haven't heard very much of them, because I feel like uniquely they all find a love and appreciation for them. So what, were your, what was your guys' opinion on this one out of the three that we've reviewed so far? I mean, Fugazi, man. Uh both albums that we covered prior to this, you know, Red Medicine and Repeater were both so great in their own right and really, you know, captured what this band really, really is and was. Uh, and this one is a very nice, you know, because I know that you had mentioned like, hey, listen to this one. 
I never got around to it, but, you know, I almost kind of figured, I was like, I'm assuming it'll get brought up at some point, but, <laughs> but also honestly just forgot. Um, but I'm glad that you did bring it up because it does, it is very interesting to think of it in comparison to those two, you know, because it does kind of fall somewhere in the middle with, uh, what's the one before this, uh, and after repeater, it's like steady diet of nothing. Yeah. Steady diet, steady diet of nothing. Um, I'd be interested to go and listen to that to hear. That's a great album too. I mean, every album they have is fantastic. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. Break it down. I, <laughs> I would assume so, but. <laughs> and you would assume so wrong. So Jake, uh, What's your uh, what's your thoughts on our pick? My, I mean, I back whatever Doring was kept saying, and what then mm-hmm. what did say? I mean, mm-hmm. listening to this <laughs> Red Medicine and Repeater, it's you know you still hear the same sound at a certain point. Like Repeater is very much like in your face, very like you know out there. It's high, fast pace. It's you know heavy on it, and then Red Medicine, it's a little bit more slowed down. I feel like also but has the same feel as repeater and then this one it's very much the same like at some points like the start with face it squared it's like right in your face like this is this is fugazi this is you know very similar to what all their other stuff and then they have you know difference differences like the 23 beats off you listen to that the first half it has that feel and then the second half we kind of talked about it it has like a weird like electric like droning sound where it kind of sounds like someone's like repeatedly like putting like their like plugging in their amp into their guitar and like trying to tune it or whatever um but then you have songs like instrument or walker syndrome um that you know are like kind of more their feel and you get I hear it more in this album than I did in Repeater at least I don't know about the other ones but the difference between the two vocalists um, on Repeater at some points I would mix them both up but with this one I could tell like oh this is this first guy this is this second one um, and I like that about it too that it's it's different in that sense but that's funny Angela kind of said it sounds like like Floater sounded like dad rock that sounds like uncle rock <laughs> like it's some of your uncles would listen to but it also fucking rules like uh, you listen to this and it's really fucking good everything about it and I appreciate it more to listening to two more of their uh, albums in their catalog that I just at this point I might as well you know fill up my pokedex and just listen to the rest of it so really good I mean, you do have a point. You might as well, you know, we've gotten this far. Might as well listen to the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, and it's the the sound that Fugazi has, you know, we've kind of, they're, they're, they pull the idols card and they're like, we're not a fucking punk band. And it's like, there's, they're definitely not, you know, they kind of, there's at times where they kind of lean toward it, you know, whatever. But their their sound reminds you of it's like the sound of a culture, right? Like that DIY early, like it was the punk scene. You know, that's what it was, was that like DIY, like we're not going to charge more than 20 bucks for a ticket or whatever the fuck it was. Like it's all going to be, you know, we're going to just source it all with like our friends and shit. Like it had 
you listen to this album in particular out of the three that we've covered at this point and and it reminds me so much of that time like i listened to uh 23 beats off and when that vocal comes in you know i remember that name it just reminds me of like a grungy new york bar and like ripped skinny jeans and sketchers they're like checkers slip on vans you know it's just got <laughs> such a sound that's so rooted in you know like skate and punk culture and you know that kind of uh era of the 90s you know really like it was while grunge like mind you they're putting these albums out when grunge is exploding and hip-hop is exploding this is something that like we've covered ad nauseum on this podcast and it's like the fact that fugazi's putting out this good of fucking music this consistently for this long you know it's like every album that we've covered has been a fucking banger in one way or another and you know matt you've said listen to all of them because it's the same throughout their discography and I'd believe it, but that's like really something to look at and appreciate that they were able to basically kick that much ass for that long while competing with Biggie, fucking A Tribe Called Quest, uh, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Like the lists go on from either side and they were able to still, you know, mind you, a lot of it might be us looking back at this point and being like, hey, they were great, you know, but still, if you knew about them back then, you fucking knew about them. You know what I mean? Bands like this are rare, and I feel, feel like Fugazi never strayed away from their formula, and they they were true to themselves. After this album came out, they were approached by, I think, Atlantic Records and given a huge contract, stupid numbers, and they turned it down. They were asked to play Lollapalooza and wouldn't do it because the ticket prices were too high. I remember going to see him in Portland at La Luna in the mid-90s, five bucks a ticket, and I, couldn't, I didn't have a ticket when I got there. I just went up there to go, and I got a ticket somehow. And got to see him live and you feel that that culture like you said dorian you feel that i felt that at that show that moment in my life um scrounging to get a ticket somehow and somebody helped me out somebody i didn't know you know helped me out and we were all there together to watch this band do their thing and it was amazing and this album has so many different songs that are you know accessible and have that punk feel or that slow down feel the instrumental was sweet and low one of my favorite instrumentals by this band um and then the transition from Brenda to 23 Beats Off is one of my favorites by Fugazi. It's such a unique song. Um, it's so cool. Probably one of my favorite songs by them, for sure. Um, again, takes me back to high school, friends driving around Eugene, playing Fugazi and Floater and Biggie and Tupac. That's what we did. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I was kind of doing a deep dive on this album. And after I finished it, I was like, hey, let me just, you know, read up on their article and stuff. And I stumbled upon Minor Threat. Uh, and that was like the band before. Uh, what's what's his name? McKay. Mm-hmm. Him before Ian McKay that he was a part of. Also really fucking good. <laughs> it sounded a lot. It sounds a lot like Fugazi. So I'm like, oh, OK, this is similar. Like, I, it still sounds similar. Um but yeah like there's so much history to this to this band like so much history throughout the time you kind of see it over the years and the albums that we've talked about like yes there are different time frames different years um they were definitely in different spaces i feel like but in the roots yeah like you said the culture to them is still very similar and they stick to that and it works it works for them this was kind of considered their breakthrough album um that like a lot more people were uh, getting into but 
Yeah, you have the song like Smallpox, like that song's fucking nuts. Uh, and then Last Chance for a Slow Dance, I love that ending too. It's a great ending to the album. Like just all this whole album, I feel like it's like made me appreciate it more. And I was like, this is a contender to Repeater. Like I was like, I don't know which one I like more, if I like Repeater or this one. I think some more time with this one, I would definitely, you know, own it and also, you know, put them side by side. Uh, but for a standout alone album for you know, a follow-up to that, fantastic. Believable. Right, and the the musicianship on it is really, you can see them kind of getting into the more, flirting with the more experimental stuff that would come, come down the line with Red Medicine. And it, I think that combined with it still having the repeater roots is what makes it a contender for the same, the same thing, Jake. I'm like, damn, I don't know which one I like more at this point. It's a very tough decision. I could probably be talked into liking it on the kill taker more, you know, on a, on a good day, you know, <laughs> you catch me at the right time. I'll, I'll tell you 23 beats off is better than the song repeater. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> which as we know, what do do repeater? that's one of yeah. my favorite songs of all time. Um, but it, it's like returning the screw. That's like very red medicine, you know, and then mm-hmm. you get yep. facet squared, you know, as we kind of said is very repeater, influenced you know so it's like kind of the middle it really is the middle of these that's why when i looked it up this morning i was like wait when did this album come out i was like because it sounds like the perfect mix of both so Mm. and that's like what's really cool is to kind of get the one end the other end and then meet them in the middle and be like oh if you like sit here and listen to it you can really hear the progression of them uh so that was that's really cool to to hear and see, you know, across four albums, a band grow that much and kind of see the improvement slowly but surely. <clears throat> Hell yeah. Shout I out do have... to uh, yeah, bass and drum. I think we talk a lot about the vocalist Guy and Ian, but Brandon Canty and Joe Lally, the bass player and the, the drummer, reverse those names, um, but just gifted. I remember seeing Brandon playing the drums live at that show La Luna. He has his shirt off, he's sweating, just going for it. And the fans are going crazy because of all the energy he's putting into that performance um, and the way they play off each other, those two. Uh, just great bass playing as well. So all together, they just round each other out very well. Do you, do you remember where had this album come out? Were they playing songs off this album? Yeah, Red Medicine had just came out and they were kind of combining both back in 95. Oh, that's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> Red medicine in this album. Jesus, that would be sick. There was, like a, there was a fight that broke out in front of the stage and they almost they like stopped the show and like yelled at these students because they were fighting over a girl. And they're like, we're going to leave. You guys don't grow up. Luckily, they didn't leave. But yeah, it's funny. I'm glad when a, when a band stops the show and says fuck you to somebody, I love that because it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. respect everything. We're trying to watch you guys. You know, shut mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Love that shit. Shut up. Yeah. I don't know if it got covered. Did you guys talk about 33 and a third? Did you talk about that? Mm-mm. So, boys, let me tell you something. I'm going to start collecting something else along with records, dude. This is fucking okay. wild. So, this album, uh, It on the Kill Taker by Fugazi, you know, doing the research this morning, found out that it, you know, kind of had that effect of oh now we're looking back on it this album rules it wasn't that like popular when it came out kind of like you said matt there is a series of books that authors scholars 
music people go and write, they will write like 150 plus page books dedicated solely to one album. And there's one for In on the Kill Taker. They're called the 33 and a third uh, books. And let me just read off a list of some of these albums that they have, dude. (laughs) We've got this one. Voodoo by D'Angelo, Verses by Pearl Jam, Donuts by Jay Dilla, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West, To Pimp a Butterfly by uh, Kendrick Lamar, Mad Villainy has one, Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys, and parentheses by Sigur Rós. And that's like, how many ever, like 10 out of 170 some odd books that they've written for this series. Bro, they're like twelve to sixteen dollars on Amazon for these books. I'm about to buy a hundred, like all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna check this out. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So there's one for in on the kill taker. The reviews for it's really fucking good. The bad villainy one, unfortunately, people didn't say was that great. But uh, yeah, just to have, you know, I saw that. Shout out to the Wikipedia article because it was like. It's mentioned the 33 and a third, and it's like a series of books dedicated to classic or influential albums. And I was like, what? And then I clicked the Wikipedia link, and it had a list of all of the books. And there's like almost 180 of them that they've done. Wow. And there's classics. You know, there there's like uh, Pet Sounds, shit like that, too. So check them out. I'll send a link. They're fucking That's wild. Cool. <laughs> That's nuts. They do like a whole book mm-hmm. just on like an album. I mean, you yeah. could. You could write a book about any of these. Um, but that's nuts. I got to look into yeah. that. Yeah, the one for In on the Kill Taker is like 170, like almost 170 pages long. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. So shout out. I'm going to be looking for them. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. Well, sorry. First off, sorry. I'm going to try and edit this to make it look as good as possible. Sorry for those internet fuck-ups. My router was recovering from getting blasted with electricity so uh, we're good now i'll be able to scrap all of this together we're good nice i have faith no we're gonna be fine sweet shall we slide, any... slide in the top threes unless you guys have any closing arguments no all i know is that i recognize that name so many quotable <laughs> lyrics from fugazi floater mm-hmm. all the people we listen to uh, starting off, honorable mention for me was Sweet and Low, my favorite mm-hmm. instrumental by this band. And then 321. Uh, three would be the Rended, 23 Beats Off. That transition's amazing, like I've already said. Two would be Smallpox Champion, because of, it's the anthem on the album for sure. And my favorite was uh, Last Chance for a Slow Dance. Like Jake said, it's a good way to end the album. And it's just, it's like Fugazi's sound with everything in between. So. Yeah. Rock on. I'll I'll go next. Um, honorable mention. It's corny, but every song on the album, we do this every <laughs> now and then. We haven't done it in a while, so I was like, let me bring it back. <laughs> if we're revisiting a- a- albums, we're revisiting this phrase. Honorable mention. Every song on the album. <laughs> but um, top three, I'm going. Uh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. I'm going. Uh, What's that? My handwriting is terrible. Bear with me. Um, Sweet and Low. We love an instrumental track, like Matt said. Um, I love that. I think that compares to um, the one-off repeater. Uh, is it song number one? 
or is it Joe number one? Joe I forget. Number one. Joe number one. Yeah, one of the. Song it, number it, one's not a fuck you song. Yeah, that's right. That's not a fuck you. Yeah, that's right. So this this is close to that. Um, but I'll, you know we love a instrumental track, and I love that they do that. Yes, keep it up. Um, top that was number three. Number two, um, twenty three beats off. That was the first one. Like it's right in the middle of the album. It's like it gives you an in your face, and then it gives you an experimental. I was like good follow-up to red medicine but there's another one after this uh and then my favorite song um i'm going with also smallpox champion um i, I kind of skipped through it at first and then when i listened to the whole album i was like dang this song's really good this is really good but smallpox i kept coming back to um but yeah i can you know i i could swap out any day cassavet instrument the walking syndrome so yeah, great album. Very much a great album. Uh, honorable mentions for me. I could also do you know the the whole album, uh, but I did force myself to choose. I got returning the screw, that red medicine feel on that. You know the very kind of heavy, uh, heavy leaning toward what was going to come it was really cool to see that on that track. Uh, other honorable, other honorable mention cast of vets. There's a sick ass guitar riff at the end of that song, literally with like 40 seconds left. He starts doing some crazy shit, and I'm like, that's rad. We love that. Love a crazy riff for no reason at the end of a song. Uh, number three, Last Chance for a Slow Dance for me. Great way to end the album. Uh, number two, Facet Squared. Opposite side of the coin. Great way to fucking start an album. Love the repeater feel on that. Um, you know, because that it was, again, uh, as soon as it came on, I was like, this is Fugazi. Yep. Here, this is a fucking Fugazi album for sure. You know, heard that. Uh, and then number one. I've, I, I will never not quote 23 Beats Off for the rest of my life now. That's one of the best songs I've ever heard, uh, honestly. I, I got weird looks at the intersection out, uh, Bob Straub. I got weird looks because I was sitting there steering wheel drumming, like not giving a shit one day. Just like, and there was like a mom of three staring at me with all of her kids. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, man. I was like, I just got too into it. <laughs> so shout yeah. out to Gazi. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, Thank you, Matt, for bringing that up. That was Fugazi's In on the Kill Taker from 1993, uh, which officially puts a big fat bow on it, ties it like a fucking shoelace for episode 63 of What You Spinning. But wait, before we let you go, let's go ahead and let you know what's coming for the next episode. We'll be right back to introduce the next episode's material here on What You Spinning. Be right back. Oh, Matt, forgive me if you told me about this before. Did you know uh, Claypool's Flying Frog Brigade did a Animals album cover, too? I thought I... Yeah, I thought that they did something. I know they yeah. did Animals. Yeah, they did Animals, and it's less Claypool. <laughs> it was my house for the day. <laughs> like, just doing his little Claypool uh, voice, you know, his little high pitch. It's fucking sick. I listened it to good? it yesterday. Okay. It's not bad. All right. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah, fellas. What do y'all say we take it on home, huh? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, 
it's about that time. We go ahead and introduce you what's coming next time here on What You Spinning. We go in the order that we talked about today's material, which means that who's got two thumbs and is up first? This guy. So, Matt, I feel like we're all in this weird phase right now, and we can keep it going or we can choose to stop it. But I feel like we're all just influencing each other to pick albums based off a of genre. Like, hey, that makes me think of this, and this makes me think of that. And so... Here we are. It's my turn to get influenced again. I'm going 1987's Give Me Convenience or Give Me Death by Dead Kennedys. Little punk album for you. Compilation of tracks that never made it to albums. Uh, they were just B-sides or like a one-off live recording of like a on like an eight-track that someone happened to have. Pretty fucking dope. Great stuff. I love it. Reminds me of working at Zoomies and selling shoes. So, hell yeah. I'll say Fuck yeah. I'm ready for that one. The one that I'm going, I've been thinking about bringing this up and kind of did a last last minute game time decision, but I'm going the internet uh, ego death 2015. Okay. okay. Ego death by the internet. Fuck yeah. Nice. We love that. We had so many uh, good albums that came out last year, 2023. So I'll probably be bringing up a few more of those. Uh, this one's from 2023. It's from a band called uh, Fever Ray. The album's called Radical Romantics. I ordered it on Discogs. Uh, I was supposed to be here last night, so I don't have it with me, but it's soon to be here. Fever Ray, okay. Radical Romantics. Hell yeah. Let's go. Yeah. All righty. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. We got... Fever Raid, the internet, and some dead Kennedys. We are officially all over the place once again, and I am here for it. Uh, that's what we love over here at What You Spin In. Thank you so much for stopping by, uh, tuning in with us. Boys, don't fucking leave your houses today. Wait for that shit to clear. It's still white as hell on the roads. I've been tech I've been checking those cameras. But anyway, that's my main man Matt up in the corner. Say goodbye to the people. Jake in the bottom corner, you do the same. You boys both have a great day. Stay healthy, stay hydrated, stay high. And all the people out there, don't forget to, you know, like and subscribe. Find us on Instagram at what you spin and find me on Instagram at Dorian Dilly and at Vinyl Tables uh, for Mr. Matt's stuff, posting music, posting all sorts of shit. Uh, anyway, this has been What You Spin in episode 63. We'll be back in two weeks to talk some cool shit on What You Spin in episode 64. See you later. See you.